0: If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively, or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you. That's steve at managermojo.com. Welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show, Steve Caldwell here and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest today, Mr. Alan Adamson. Now uh, Alan is a noted industry expert in all types of disciplines of branding. He's worked with many companies in a variety of industries and he is also the co-author of a new book that we're going to talk about today called Shift Ahead. His co-author is Joel Steckel. Uh, Shift Ahead is how the best companies stay relevant in a fast-changing world, and I know that's going to be a great topic for us. Uh, Alan has many experiences. He's he's also the co-founder and managing partner of MetaForce. It's uh, a disruptive marketing and product consultancy. And uh, He takes a multidisciplinary approach to marketing challenges, and I know he has tons of wisdom that he's going to share with us today and lots of experience with other companies. So, Alan, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show.
1: Thanks, Steve. a delight
0: to be here. Well, it's our delight, and I can't wait to talk about the book. But before we do, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work?
1: Yeah, one of the fun things I get to do is I am affiliated uh, with uh, the NYU Stern Business School. And they have an entrepreneurial program where they get groups of kids together to uh, launch new businesses, both for social good and obviously for business. And I uh, coach them in the area of brand marketing and branding. And so sitting down with uh, young kids with their new business ideas and helping them sharpen it, uh, the energy, the... uh, uh, Confidence, the uh, we can make this happen is uh, a fun part of my week every week.
0: Uh, I can totally understand that, and I know it's a lot of fun to do that, and uh, it, it is such a great way for you to give back and to teach the younger generation about uh, entrepreneurship and business. And we at Manager Mojo love that because all of us are really interested in business, and we're always looking at ways to improve our leadership and our. Ability to survive in uh, a competitive world. So Alan uh, uh, Thanks for sharing that and let's talk about uh, shift ahead Uh, Before we uh, dive off into my specific questions uh, Why don't you share with our listeners just an overview? What what were you hoping to accomplish with shift ahead and tell us the Overview as far as what is really contained in shift ahead?
1: Thanks, you know um... For much of my career, I was in the marketing brand and advertising business, and clients would come to us and share with us their product or service, and our job was to help them tell the story and bring it to life and uh, communicate their uh, business and why it was relevant and interesting. And over the last couple of years, more and more uh, clients were coming, and you know the challenge was that it wasn't a uh, communications problem. It was a Their service or business was no longer relevant. You know, they were becoming their father's Oldsmobile, and you can't just solve that through communication. So I began to wonder: is it my imagination, or are more and more companies struggling to keep their products and services relevant today than they were maybe five or ten years ago? Are the world changing faster, and are more people having trouble keeping up? And so. Part of what uh, we did, we went out and did some research in conjunction with Joel Steckel, who was my partner at NYU, and we spoke to more than 100 companies, and it turned out, yeah, more and more organizations, large and small, private and public, were struggling to keep up with the pace of change, and as such, uh, were falling behind. So our goal in writing the book was to say, you know, why, why is it so difficult? What are the companies that are struggling doing wrong, perhaps? And what are the companies that are managing to
0: stay current, doing right. Yeah, I, I think it's a really great study, and uh, for our listeners, I want you to know that uh, Alan has uh, included a number of great examples in the book of companies that, uh, that are doing it right, as well as those that had some struggles and why they had struggles. Uh, one of the things that I want to start with, though, is we talk about learning how to adapt in a fast-changing world and be relevant. Uh, You, in particular, discuss uh, red flags that we can ask ourselves about our own businesses today uh, with regard to are we possibly having trouble? So why don't you share uh, two or three or whatever you would want to of the red flags that we ought to be paying attention to that says we need to start adapting.
1: Yeah, that was uh, the, the overall conclusion, you know. Before I jump into that, Steve, was that, you know, while we were looking for some magic potion and all you need to do is uh, drink your orange juice and uh, go to the gym every day, it turns out, you know, there was no magic recipe and, you know, there were many more ways to fall behind and fail to shift and sort of red flags is a good way to start because, um um If you can eliminate most of the red flags, you're going to obviously increase your chance of shifting ahead. That doesn't mean you'll succeed, but uh, you'll certainly um, get off to a fair start. And one of the big ones we called, uh, uh, you know, some imagined and real constraints. Um, Lots of people, you know, you need to realize that most managers, most organizations, most leaders are starting off in what we call Marty Crane's chair from the old Fraser show, because the familiar is comfortable. Most people you know go into the office go into the into the company and you know they do what they did yesterday and that's pretty comfortable and so one of the red flags is if you're feeling very comfortable and everything's going too smoothly and you're doing what you did yesterday and it worked pretty well yesterday that's a red flag to say gee you know just you know doing what you did yesterday running your business looking at the rearview mirror is probably not um, a great uh, signal that you're going to be successful in shifting ahead
0: Alan, I love that example. Uh, Before we go to another one, I just love that example because I think it it kicks off a a lot of the things that really happen to us in business, and that's mindset. And when we start talking about, all right, let's do the comfortable, I couldn't help but think as you were talking about that, and as when I looked at the red flags in the book, it reminded me of how much our businesses can oftentimes be envisioned in parallel Uh, to our marital relationships. If if we're so darn comfortable in our marital relationship, we begin to take each other for granted and things don't change. And the next thing you know, hey, uh, where'd the magic go? And I I think in business that, uh, that idea of just being comfortable, I don't think we could talk about that enough because I think people today are swamped in the familiar. I don't think they're just yep. immersed in it. I think they're swamped. Is that a fair perception?
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, uh it, it definitely fair and definitely a main conclusion. Most of the companies um that got left behind and somebody shifted ahead. when I spoke to the leadership teams, and we, uh, it was they didn't see it coming. They, you know, they weren't they weren't uh, prepared for it. They were just doing what had made them successful 2 years ago and 5 years ago. And they said, well, we're, we're, we're sticking to our knitting. We're sticking to our game. And I don't understand how this
0: happened. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, how, can that, how can that happen to us, though? I mean, if we've got our heads stuck in uh, the same old, same old, uh, what, what's, uh, what's a way that we can start to wake up from that and start to move ahead to, to find out, hey, we might have an issue?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the one of the simplest things to do is to you know try to get out of your bubble. You know, one of the interviews we did was from a major market research leader, Paco Underhill. and He said, well, find the desk in the office furthest away from the customer, and you'll find you know, the leadership of a company that's uh, falling behind." And so, uh, you know, getting out of the bubble seems really easy. But we had a great series of interviews with folks from Marriott, and they told a lot of stories about Bill Marriott. One of them was that his feet never touched the ground, they used to say about Bill, and if you look at some of his old commercials when he was running it, uh, he was constantly um, out, you know, at the front desk of hotels, in the kitchens, in the rooms, talking to guests. He was uh, living in this. It's referred to uh, as the founder's mentality. You 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 are constantly living with a bit of um, uh, Andy Grove's famous quote, only oh, the paranoid survive. You're out... Yes, you, you need to be at your desk, you need to go through emails, you need to read research. But the companies that leaders that get out of their bubble and walk the, walk the, walk the halls, talk to customers, and are constantly trying to look at the market with what we call fresh eyes, um, are the ones that have the best shot of not getting too comfortable with the familiar.
0: You know, what a great example of get out of your bubble, but uh, I, I see it just seems to me that there's so many uh, people that uh, I, I don't want to. I know you're a part of a business school, so I wanna, don't want to criticize business schools, but it, it, somehow or another people get the idea uh, that everything is about. Uh, a process and you've got to be religious in just your research and you've got to, you got to stay focused on just your little myopic world. And I love that you called it a, a bubble and they forget that thing called the customer. And yep. when we forget the customer, when we're not talking to them, what do we really know?
1: Exactly. And, and not only talking, but, you know, looking at them and watching their behavior and asking a bit of the Jerry Seinfeld question, you ever wonder why? Why are they standing five minutes in front of the store shelf there? You know, why why are they taking so long? Why why are they why are they behaving this way? Um another red flag we found uh we refer to as too many uh leaders are playing too much tennis and not enough golf and what we mean by that is that when I was in brand management and marketing at Unilever, I worked in the soap category and I was on the Dove brand for a bit. And um uh, you know, lots of our conversations with, did you see what Colgate did? Did you see what P and G did? We were incredibly focused on our competition. And if you are playing tennis, I'm played badly, but one of the things that helps me play less badly is you try to hit the ball to where the person isn't. So you really focus on your opponent, where they, where they're going, where you think they're going. Uh, and it's like that for a lot of companies they are very focused. Coke is laser focused on Pepsi. Um, and if you're playing golf and i play that badly too you know worrying about your opponent is not going to help your game you got to pay attention to the ball (laughs) maybe the customer look at the terrain check the wind out and you know it gives you a better sense of what's going on around you and that was another common red flag if if the company was just totally focused on the competition right in front of their nose and not stepping back and seeing which way the wind was blowing and looking at the hills and the surrounding but just trying to outguess their competitors thinking they knew something you didn't, they got into trouble much faster than companies that played more golf and less tennis.
0: Alan, that's a great analogy and from a a guy that uh, I've played both sports but I absolutely love golf and I play it regularly. And I always get a kick out of people that uh, really are, are, they're not looking at all where they're supposed to be going. And they yep. wind up, uh, they, they wind up having to look for their ball in some really bad places. Yep. And I, I think in business, we do this all the time. Those are two great ones. Uh, how, how about another, I, uh, there, there's one that I loved. I want you to talk about just a little bit in the, that I loved in the book. And you talked about. Uh, pride and how pride uh, does often go before a fall. So talk to us a little bit about how pride can get in our way.
1: Yeah, there. Yeah, we, pride, arrogance. We're the king. No one can do it as good as we can. You know, there were many, many brands and companies that uh, uh, got left behind because of it. We had a great conversation with some former executives from BlackBerry. And, you know, as we dug into the BlackBerry story, beyond what everyone else knows, you know, part of what came out was that their management at the time looked at the touch screen and said it was a toy. No serious business person uh, is going to, you know, conduct business on a screen. Uh, That's a toy. We're a serious business tool. So they they saw Steve Jobs get on stage, and they said, well, that's... uh, don't worry about that that too shall pass um i was part of that world i you know for a while the companies i was at you know provided a blackberry i was very comfortable with that keyboard but you know their arrogance prevented them from taking the competition more seriously um which was one of the many factors that's the other point you know as you know steve it's usually not one thing right if it was one thing most companies could have caught it's Typically, the, the convergence of multiple mistakes, but in the BlackBerry case, arrogance or pride, you know, prevented them from seeing um, the train coming down the track towards them.
0: It, it, truly, uh, it, it truly is remarkable at, at how it, uh, one really bad thing starts to cascade into a number of different bad things. And uh, I I think you guys uh, do a great job in the book of giving us example after example where uh, companies really and truly have fallen into this trap and they've wound up uh, being in some cases too far behind. Uh, You know, even while you were talking uh, uh, about Blackberry, I I couldn't help but think about uh, when, uh, Microsoft and Apple and back way back when Apple almost went under, uh, they were not paying attention to who their customers were and what they needed uh, to be able to get those customers and keep them. And now today, everybody thinks it's just so easy because Apple has the iPhone and they, they totally transformed music and they did all those things. But uh, the simple fact was Microsoft was killing them everywhere because there was choice, there was variety. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they had to learn by listening to their audience. How important is it for us to listen to our own particular customer?
1: You know, that's, that's another you know, uh, major challenge in that um, companies try to you know, keep everyone happy all the time, and if you don't focus on exactly who you're talking to and where your priorities are, you, you can never keep everyone happy all the time, so you end up compromising across the board. You know, we had a, a great conversation with the CEO of Delta and uh, when I spoke to him uh, I said so what's your what is your focus here what keeps you up at night what what area do you focus on as you uh, try to shift delta ahead and i expected him to talk about purchasing the right aircraft or fuel prices or you know a 100 things and he said you know many many things of course alan but he said i need to be laser focused on making sure my employees wake up every day are excited to come to work have the training they need to do a great job and love what they do because we put teams together all over the world Flight attendants, pilots, instantly they got a gel, but they've got to come together. And there will be rainstorms. There will be snowstorms. Flights will get delayed. Stuff happens. But if that team is energized, people, passengers will have a better experience when those things happen. If the people on board care and are committed. So you know, again, he can focus on many things, but he knew that for a service business, much like the folks at Marriott, um, you know, many things are important, but your front line needs to be empowered to make decisions. they need to be supercharged well prepared and then you can provide a good customer experience
0: uh, a, a great example let me uh let me shift a little bit to uh if we're shifting ahead that means uh those it has implications for those of us in leadership. What are some of those le- implications for leadership and how should we begin to adapt?
1: There are a couple of them um you know, one of them gets back to the uh, tennis and golf thing and lots of people, say, what's your vision? And we talk to lots of leaders and everyone says, you know, my job is up have the vision. And one of the challenges, if you're a leader, you need to have peripheral vision. Most of these companies are not getting disrupted by, as I said earlier, by something going on right in front of their nose. <laughs> they are right. going to get clipped by something starting behind them on the side. Uh, and so, you know, just making sure you've got a 180, 360 view is is one critical leadership thing uh, that we learned in the research. The other is that companies, as you know, have strengths and weaknesses. There are certain cultures. There are certain, as we call it, DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have played a lot of, I could have had basketball lessons every day after school for my entire high school career. And, you know, I, I don't think the, uh, I don't think I would have been recruited for a college team, mostly because, um, I'm not, I'm under six foot so you know, it's, you know it's it's life and so companies are like that too they have certain strengths and weaknesses and oftentimes they will head off in a direction before making a candid assessment of their own DNA strength and they will push their business away from what they're strong in to it's right for the market but they can't execute it and many many examples of uh, companies um, you know, one of our more interesting stories was digging back, way back into the Kodak story. And everyone thinks Kodak was about, well, they didn't see the digital revolution coming, and they were not ready. They were, you know, they're they're forecasting people. I wish the weather people would be as good as Kodak forecasting people. They knew five years in advance, almost to the quarter, when digital sales would eclipse film sales. But one of the big decisions that they no one really talked about that we dug into was that the board was split on what to do about it and half the company wanted to be a digital company and half the company said no we are from a dna from a cultural a chemical and sales company that's our strength uh, they said no we're going to do digital and they sold off their chemical business they sold off uh, their pharmaceutical businesses all big businesses and then they went after the digital business but from a leadership point of view they didn't you know they were up in rochester new york and i spent a lot of time there, a lovely town but they didn't have the same talent pool that people in Palo Alto,
0: Ed. Wow. And uh, th- that in itself, uh, it, I don't know, it, it's, it's a compound problem once it gets to that yeah. level, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and that was another thing, you know, as we say compound level, you know, one of the other reasons so many companies fail at shifting ahead is by the time they decide to shift, it's almost too late. They've already run out of money. <laughs> uh, their, their tank's empty. Uh, and then they say, "Oh, our sales are dropping 20% a year. We got to do something." And everyone you look at in the marketplace today, uh, you know, Toys are Us, Radio Shack, all these companies have gone belly up. By the time they sort of maybe figured out what to do about it, you know, they're, uh, they they had no more fuel. Uh, and so it was theoretically the right answer, but as you know, in business, um, lots of people have great ideas in the shower.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like people that
1: can get out of the shower and can make it happen, they win.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Well said. Well said. Uh, Ellen, uh, I could go on about this all day, but uh, I know our listeners are going to want to uh, find out how they can connect with you and learn more about your great work. Why don't you share with them uh, the best way that they might find out more about you and your work?
1: The easiest way is, uh, uh, at uh, Alan, at... Metaforce, M-E-T-A-F-O-R-C-E dot C-O dot co. And you can reach me there. uh, And there's information about the book. And a lot of what we do at Metaforce is helping companies shift ahead. So it's a great place to connect.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that with our listeners today. Uh, Now, as we come to an end of our uh, discussion today, I like to focus on action items. And I'm interested in what would be the top two action items that you would want our listeners to take away from today that they might learn how to begin to shift ahead both in their career and also at their company. What would be those two action items that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would start with um, um, that success is never final. Uh, right. Another. Mary quote and you know, a lot of people when they're successful uh, have the tendency to put their feet up on chair and say look at me and and you need to start every day that that was yesterday and tomorrow's tomorrow and just because I had a good yesterday doesn't mean I have a good so the companies that are constantly looking you know if if the future is an agenda item at your meetings uh you're cooked <laughs> because, uh, you know, it would happen. We'll, we'll talk about the future on Thursday at four, everyone come to the meeting, and of course, Thursday at four, there's a sales problem, no one shows up, and, you know, oh, we'll get to the next month. And, and so the future is an agenda item until it's too late. So, um, um, you know, one is um, um, success is never final, and the companies that success, succeed is shifting ahead make it a day in and day out uh, battle. The second point would be um, where we talked about, you know, get out of your bubble. Uh, companies that uh, embrace diversity, you know, don't all see the same problem the same way. Have people saying, oh, the king has no clothes or I don't think that's the right. If you get into groupthink and everyone's always agreeing with you at every meeting. <laughs> another major flag. Because uh, companies tend to hire people that think like them, act like them, live like them. And if they're going to get disrupted, it's it's not going to be from somebody next door. It's going to be from somebody around the block or around the world.
0: I love that. Those are two fabulous action items. And uh, Alan... Uh, On behalf of our listeners at Manager Mojo, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Uh, Our guest today has been Alan Adamson. He's a co-author with Joel Steckel of Shift Ahead, How the Best Companies Stay Relevant in a Fast-Changing World. I encourage you to get your own copy of the book, study it, learn from these examples. And as Alan has uh, shared with us today, get out of your bubble Start paying attention to what's going on around you, and you'll be ready to shift ahead. Alan, thank you, and much success on the book and continued success in everything that you do. Thanks for your time today, and have a nice afternoon.